0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday, a good day after the Pelicans beat the Clippers on the road behind a somewhat, at times, dominant performance. 121, 117. I'll recap this game for you. It tipped off pretty late. So if you missed it, I understand. Then we're gonna take a look at what's going on with the Houston Rockets. Does this open the door for New Orleans to get back into the playoffs or make it a little bit easier? I'll give you guys my thoughts and we're gonna look some more at the trade deadline. There is a big name that is reportedly on the block now. Should New Orleans make a move? Do the Pelicans have the assets to make? a move i'll give you what i know so we've got a bunch to cover in today's edition of locked on pelicans so before we get to the pelicans victory last night don't forget if you got a smart speaker over the holiday you can tell it to play podcast locked on pelicans for the latest episode quick and easy way to get the podcast up while you're doing whatever it is you do So New Orleans grabbed a 121-117 win over the Los Angeles Clippers, a game where they actually had a 20-point lead behind a really good second and third quarter um, after struggling a little bit at the end of the first. New Orleans came out firing, had a ton of defense, energy, effort, all that you want to see. They actually were led at that point by Julius Randle, who scored 10 of the Pelicans' first 12, finished with 27 on the night overall. Pretty good night from him. Can't really complain much there. Finished with 27 and uh, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. But that waned a little bit at the end of the first, and the Clippers went on a bit of a run. The defense went away, and you kind of wondered, was this maybe just going to be a rough night for New Orleans? But some good rotations in the second, particularly from Frank Jackson and Jaleel Okafor. They each logged, respectively. Frank Jackson had almost 15 minutes, Okafor 10. That's Kind of where you want them, maybe a little bit more than that from them, depending on how the night's going. But overall, no complaints about them getting significant minutes. They had a good run in the second that kept New Orleans afloat, and the Pelicans were actually able to take a three-point lead at halftime. Also behind some stellar play from Anthony Davis, who at one point lost a shoe, had to play two possessions without it because... You had Clippers guard Patrick Beverly take it and kind of just keep it away from A.D., which earned him a nice technical, which had to be one of the funnier things we've at least seen all season long. So, good run to end the, the half from the Pels, and then they came out firing in the third quarter. On the night, Anthony Davis played almost 39 minutes, finished with 46 points 16 rebounds four assists he was kind of facilitating early on 12 of 12 from the line and he didn't really get to the line much in the first half so 46 points 16 rebounds four assists 12 of 12 from the line he made two threes did this all on just 34 shots ultra great night from him super efficient you had drew holiday playing pretty tough basketball as well 19 points eight assists Five boards for him. Alfred Payton out there as well back in the starting lineup. 11 points, six rebounds for him, three assists. Miracic still doesn't really have his C legs back. Finished scoreless on the night with four personal fouls. He was not very good. This led to an increase in minutes for Darius Miller off the bench. Six points for him. You saw that kind of weird closing lineup again where they ran the three bigs alongside Drew Holiday. And instead of one Moore this time, which I guess was good considering he finished with just three points on the night, it was Darius Miller instead of Alfred Payton even when the game starts to slow down. I don't quite know what's going on with that, but there's got to be something. I'm sure we'll learn more about this in the coming days. New Orleans defensively was outstanding for the most part, other than a couple runs, particularly where the Clippers in the fourth quarter went on. A, I think it was a 20-2 run to really claw back in this game, but New Orleans answered. They forced 17 turnovers on the night, while having just 7 themselves. They had 68 points in the paint. Those 17 turnovers for the Clippers led to 24 fast break points for New Orleans. What you want to see from them playing their style of ball. Tobias Harris, 21 points for the Clippers. denio Gallinari, 25 points for the Clippers. Then you had Montrez Harrell doing work off the bench. 26 points from him. Lou Williams putting in 18 off the bench as well. I said those guys might be key. They didn't kill the Pelicans because you got some good backup minutes from guys like Frank Jackson and Okafor, and that's what made New Orleans able to just kind of weather the storm at times, um, and that's big. That was the depth that they've said they've had, the depth that we thought they needed, and they definitely did need in this one while their starters go out and do the majority of the work. So a good road win for New Orleans, 121-117 over the Los Angeles Clippers. So before we get to the Houston Rockets and their struggles, don't forget we have the call-in line available for you here on the Locked On Pelicans podcast. It's 504-321-0448. Give me a buzz. Let me know what you want to hear about this Pelicans team. Ask any questions you have or just leave your opinion. We've gotten some good ones. Got another good one the other night that I'm going to probably use in tomorrow's podcast. Again, that number is 504-321-0448. So before we get to the trade market, maybe heating up a little bit, and supposedly there's actually a big name that's available right now. There's some news coming out of the Houston Rockets, who are in the midst of kind of a a rejuvenating run during the season form. And that's that their star center, Clint Capella, is going to be out four to six weeks with a thumb injury. They found some ligament damage after he underwent an MRI Monday. He's going to get a second opinion and see if maybe he won't be out that long, but it sounds like he's going to be out past the trade deadline, maybe to the end of February, something along those lines, potentially even longer than that. They're anticipating 15 games right now, hopefully through the end of February, they're thinking they can get them back. You never want to root for injuries, but this is definitely a good thing for the Pelicans. The Western Conference playoff race is tight, tight. And when you look at them trying to rise up the rankings and see where they can get in and get into that top eight, you do need to take a team out of there. And when you look at the standings in Denver, Golden State, OKC, the top three teams, they're probably not going anywhere. All three of those teams do look like the three best teams in the Western Conference. After that, you have Portland and the Clippers. They seemed probably to be solidly in. Portland's 26-18. The Clippers, um, you know, before when I was recording this, they're 24-18. And, and then you have Houston and San Antonio and the Lakers. And this is where maybe it gets a little bit interesting the Rockets are 24 and 18. You've got the Lakers, or sorry, the Spurs at 25 and 19, and the Lakers at 23 and 21. Of those three, you feel like the Lakers would likely fall out. But Utah's tied with them, so basically they're in. Just sub out the Lakers, keeping Utah there. And then you also have the Spurs that don't feel like they're actually going in. Anywhere. But maybe Houston dips during this time. Six games above 500, they've really turned their season around behind stellar play from James Harden, who's on something like a streak of 17 games with 30 plus points scored. Pretty unbelievable. And he's done that amid a number of injuries to that Rockets team. With Chris Paul out for an extended period of time, Eric Gordon's been missing uh, a number of games as well. So they're decimated and it's taking basically Herculean efforts from James Harden to go out and do this. But he's not going to be able to keep that up forever. And now there's going to be even more attention placed on him because this team is losing Clint Capella. Capella on the season is averaging 17.6 points per game, 12.6 rebounds per game, and almost two blocks per game. He's been a very big player, and he's kind of key to making their offense work. You can lose Chris Paul, and Capella and Harden can still run pick and rolls. But if you just have Chris Paul out there and Harden out there, they're not going to be running pick roles with themselves. You need kind of a big to do that. And now they really only have Nene on the roster. And I don't know if you can play him more than uh, you know 15 minutes per game. He's averaging 13.5 and, and giving you four points. He's 36 years old. They don't really have another big. They already need to kind of address the wing position too. Now you need to add a backup center or another center to them. They're going to be in dire straits come February and the trade deadline. So this potentially leaves an opening for a team to fall out out of the Western Conference playoff race which is only good for New Orleans. The Rockets have played exceptionally well recently, but again, it's because of James Harden. We can go into the numbers and all of that, but he's, you know, it doesn't need to be done. He's averaging 34.2 points per game on the season, but it's even more than that when he's been kind of on this streak over these past 17 games or so. They're going to need even more from him. I don't know if he's capable, just physically. I don't know if anyone's capable of giving you much more than what he's already out there doing. And if he gets nicked up or anyone else goes down with injury, they're going to be at a whole lot of trouble. So this is maybe the injury, the opening the Pelicans needed to make their march towards the playoffs a little bit easier. So now the NBA trade rumors are really starting to heat up with a big name being put supposedly on the block, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But as we gear up for the trade deadline, there's going to be a lot of rumors flying, and you need to know what to make of them all. The best way to do that is to listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast Monday through Friday, giving you everything you need to know around the association. Recap the night before, preview the biggest games of the week, and get the top news from experts covering all of the teams out there. And of course, I host every Wednesday. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So I've said I think it's going to be a quiet trade deadline for the NBA as a whole. But maybe that took a bit of a twist Monday night when it was announced by Woj that potentially the Dallas Mavericks are looking to shop Dennis Smith Jr., standout rookie from last season, been injured a good chunk of this year. This is a big name that could conceivably be traded and a young guy at that putting a little bit more value on him than you might see otherwise. I don't think the the Wizards are really going to be trading anyone. I don't know how many other sellers there are with very many appealing pieces or big names that really kick things off. The trade deadline doesn't really get going till the first big name is moved, and it just doesn't really seem like there's big names being moved. Like Beal is not I, I'd be stunned if he was being traded. The the shadow war between other people trying to push for Beal versus Otto Porter, it's so dumb because I don't think either of those guys are being moved whatsoever. But it sounds like Dennis Smith Jr might be And on first glance, it seems kind of odd. Why would Dallas be giving up on a guy they drafted ninth overall just a season ago, let alone after he averaged 15.2 points per game in his rookie year? 28 games this year, he's averaging 12.6, doing it on lower usage, about two minutes less per game. So that's a little bit Interesting. It seems like you don't really give up on those young, cost-controlled guys like that. But it sounds like this is more of a fit issue. It sounds like Dallas really does see Luka Doncic as a point guard, not necessarily as someone that needs a point guard alongside him, which is primarily what Dennis Smith Jr. plays. Kind of that lead guard, that initiator, and kind of go-to score, though he's young and inefficient right now, at doing that. And so maybe they just want to move him, see if they can get another pick or another asset and kind of build more around Luka Doncic and put a better fit, maybe a better shooter. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. only shot um, from three last season, 31.3%, but he's up to 37.5% this year on slightly lower volume. So I think that's kind of maybe what they're looking at and why he's kind of out there. This could be, though, that first big domino to fall if they're looking to just get a pick then certainly they're going to be kind of falling out of playoff contention. They've been in and out a little bit throughout the year, though it doesn't seem like they're a very real threat to get into the playoffs. But they've been much more competitive than they have been otherwise. But this does maybe kind of denote the first seller that we've seen out there of those teams that could kind of go either way with it. So that's kind of big news that, yeah, maybe he's going to be on the move. As for the Pelicans trying to get him, Sure. Well, Again, he's a young guy that's cost-controlled, that's under contract for multiple other years. If you're looking to kind of handle stuff uh, right now and put some pieces around Anthony Davis that maybe sells him on the future of the team, you could do worse than this. I guess. I don't know if he's necessarily the greatest player, but again, he's young. There's a lot of upside there, and he's pretty much pretty cheap. They only owe him about $10 million total the next two seasons after this one. He's t- um, barely over 21 right now, so um, I think that's kind of an interesting thing. So, they could potentially make a move for him. I think there's going to be other teams that might be more interested in him that could go after him and make a better compelling case than the Pelicans could. By compelling case, I mean better trade package. So because of that, I don't think it's something we really need to spend a lot of time on. But certainly for the right price, you could convince me to at least take a shot for this. Maybe you include something like Solomon Hill for... um, Dennis Smith Jr. and Wesley uh, Wesley Matthews. Matthews isn't particularly good either, but at least it's a guy who can be a shooter at times, who has decent size. Um, But again, not particularly great this year. He is shooting 38.4%. I'm looking up the salaries right now to see if this is something that you could make work, yeah, most definitely Pelicans would actually need to include a bunch more salary with it. But here's the thing. Wes Matthews is an expiring contract. Why would the Dallas Mavericks, unless they desperately want to pick in the mid-20s, trade Wes Matthews and Dennis Smith Jr. for a, a deal in Solomon Hill that has more money on it next season? Another $12 million. So they save... Eight this year, but they're paying 12 next year when they could just have 18 more million in cap space form to spend. Yeah, when you think about it like that, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for that kind of trade. Unless, again, they're desperate to get that first round pick. And I don't think the Pelicans really want to attach multiple to it. So I think that's kind of how this is kind of looking. Cool. It's a name. It could be fun. The, he's high flying. and he can dunk a ball pretty well, but I just don't think the Pelicans have enough assets to go out and get him. Now, I got asked this. I don't need to play the question because I did talk about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. No to Chandler Parsons as well, unless they buy him out and you can get him for basically the veteran minimum. I don't think you have any need to try and trade for him and what he's owed this season and next season, which is something like $25 million. If you can get that $25 million next season down to a million, Maybe, but even then, I don't think that's really worth it with what he gives you. So that kind of situation is not something that the Pelicans are really going to look at. The buyout market will start to develop after the trade deadline, but by then, maybe it's a little bit too late, and most of those guys kind of have their sights set on other teams. Another name to keep an eye out, though, which I don't think really fits what the Pelicans need, would be, unless they trade Julius Randle, would be Robin Lopez, former New Orleans player. Um, and I think that's a long shot as well. He looks like when he, if and when he's bought out by the Bulls, he's going to be going to the Warriors, maybe the Rockets now too. They could also try and trade for him um, When now maybe with a little bit more need to do so after the news to Clint Capella, but he's likely not going to be coming here as well. Again, it, New Orleans is going to have to get creative to kind of figure out a move and what they want to do because things just uh, – it's tough right now really is, particularly if it's going to be a quiet NBA trade deadline. And you can hear me say, you know, I really don't know what this team is going to do, what this team needs to do, but they do kind of need to figure out something. But if you then tank on the rest of this road trip, maybe you just shouldn't make a move and kind of just hope that your core can kind of get you back into a play like they did those first four games because maybe long term if you're thinking you're going to fire Dell demps after this year you don't want to have no first round pick in this coming nba draft and then particularly if anthony davis leaves that's going to do it for this edition of locked on pelicans thanks for listening as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter we'll be back with you all tomorrow